You're listening to AdvoCast, the adult education podcast. This podcast is being sponsored by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education and by Burlington English, the group that's been publishing educational material used by millions of learners around the world. Today, Burlington is a major supplier of digital material for individuals learning English. Burlington continues to grow, enter new markets, and introduce new innovations in language, teaching, and learning. And now, here are co-hosts, Aaron Verbornik and Sarah Hagegi. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Erin. How are you? I am doing pretty well. So I have been teaching in person now for the past few weeks. Oh, wow. Which, How's yeah. it oh, It's so nice to be back in front of students and feel that energy. Uh, the one thing I haven't... <laughs> appreciated is uh filling up my gas tank oh my <laughs> on the God. way you're telling me i don't know what your prices are but the last time i went it was five dollars forty cents per gallon oh, wow what's it like five dollars here too yeah, yeah. it the gas prices are going up and up and up and it's getting harder and harder to do anything and yeah exactly um, that makes it harder for our students and even instructors to get to work. And that's very hard. And But you know what? I've heard from a lot of people that um, because the gas prices are going up, they are looking for a better job. They want to improve their lives. So we're getting a lot of people coming in and asking for um, whether GED classes or ESL classes because they want to improve their lives and they want to uh, make some change. So in a very not perfect way, it's somehow good for, for, for us in that aspect that we are getting a lot of interest and the interest rates are going up and up as the gas prices are going up and up. That's true. Yeah. That I've noticed that as well. So, you know, I'm willing to pay that <laughs> that extra money if it means we get more connect people with those those better jobs that they need and uh, yeah. get them get if them upskilled. The students, yeah, with all the skills that they need to make make their lives yes. better. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Good. So, so talking about skills, we have some amazing people on the episode today. We are going to be joined by fellow um, state advocate for adult education fellows. I shouldn't have said fellow first. <laughs> Double fellowed. From 2021, that's where we met them. Um, Jackie Aguilera and Audrey Nelson, both from the great state of Texas. And they're going to teach us all about crafting an elevator pitch. Ooh, that's exciting. Yes. So both Jackie and Audrey, they are not new faces to us, but we're going to learn more about them. So I'm excited. So let's take a short break. And then when we come back, we will have our guests on. You've been listening to Advocats, the adult education podcast. Your hosts have been Aaron Robonik and Sarah Hagigi. This podcast is sponsored by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education. Now I'm your producer, Jeffrey Abramowitz. You can listen to this episode on Coed's YouTube channel or at www.coed.org. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Audrey. 
good afternoon. Ladies. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Back. Welcome to the Advocast. Thank you so Thank much. You. It's exciting. It's fun. Uh, I've been watching you guys, listening to you guys, and wow, now we're here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank it's you so much for accept, accepting our invitation and being our wonderful guest. We are mm -hmm. so excited to talk to you today and learn more and more about you and from you. Um, yes. So how about if we just start by a short introduction? Obviously, Erin and I know you well. We worked together for over a year. But just imagine, this is the first day and um, you want to introduce yourself to us and what you do. So how about if we start from Audrey? So Audrey, would you like to introduce yourself to us and to our listeners and viewers? Sure, yeah, of course. And uh, we're happy to be here today. I'm so happy to be a part of this program. And uh, I am from the great state of, a state of Texas. <laughs> and I'm down by the coast, uh, close to Galveston. And I work with uh, in Galveston County. I live in Harris County, which is closer to Houston. I have been in adult ed for about 15 years now. Um, I have, although this is 15 years in adult ed, I've been in education for about uh, 40 years. So I am just a, a, a strong proponent of education. And that's my heart. And that's what I believe in. And so when I transitioned from K-12, it was an automatic uh, uh, it was a very smooth uh, transition into adult ed. I started in adult ed with ESL, and I have uh, taught ESL, GED, IET, CSA, the whole gamut. So I wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I've covered it all, and I love all of my students. So Aww. I have taught three-year-olds all the way to 90-year-olds. So it's been an amazing journey. Uh, uh, I've also, as you have mentioned before, I've served last year as an advocate. And I never thought of myself as being an advocate, but I've always uh, advocated for children in education. And so when I started the fellowship, I mean, I was walking on the beach and I knew I had a voice, but my voice had been limited. And so now this has offered a, an opportunity where it can go full spectrum and you guys have been amazing to ask me to come I'm like oh yeah <laughs> so what I did I made the right step with that so um I graduated from school here in Texas uh, uh, and, and contributed back to the community in Texas huh have, yeah um, oh that's amazing yeah thank you so much thank you, you. this was so yeah. amazing and I I love what you said about not not seeing yourself as an advocate and then finding that in yourself throughout that fellowship because I I certainly feel the same way. I was dazzled by a lot of the more extroverted people in our cohort and thought, oh my goodness. And yes, I, I'm thrilled to have you here, Audrey. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. And speaking of some extrovert people, Jack is one of those people who have always inspired me. I love her energy. And I I just want to say that your passion gives me energy. So I'm like, yes, let's do this. 
So tell us about yourself and how you got involved in um, advocacy. Sure. Fantastic. Hey, thank you guys so much again for being here. You know, Audrey said it. I mean, it's an amazing opportunity whenever you get called not only to serve, but then to be a voice. So this is just awesome, you guys. And congratulations for this forum again. Uh, I'm Jackie Aguilera. I currently serve in the mayor's office for adult literacy, but I have had the pleasure of serving uh, in our community in, in various degrees from community colleges to universities, uh, nonprofits, uh, former read commissions, and then this new office for the mayor. I have been uh, in education. I was born into it. I've got ministers and teachers and all kinds of fun people in my family. But, uh, you know, it, it's really a passion. I don't think Many people have come into the field going, yes, I majored in adult education and all my resources are going there. You know, usually people have dropped in for whatever happens in life and opportunities come up. And, and then the passion, the, the cause, the mission gets in your blood and you don't turn away. You keep churning at it and you build it. And, and it is indeed uh, wonderful to be serving with Audrey for Texas, uh, now you know, being graduates of the advocacy program, and to be in a position to share not only what we've learned from so many wonderful mentors and leaders, but then learned in our own uh, experiences. So mm -hmm. thank you again for asking us to be here today. Thank you. And I can certainly hear the minister. I know at one point in our training, you you referred to yourself as an adult ed evangelist. <laughs> that really stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's when you believe in something, it makes it a lot easier to talk about. And I think that's yes. really what we strike a chord when we talk about advocacy and really getting people to feel comfortable with that word and to really break it down to what are you passionate about? What are the basics? Yeah, true. Yeah. So, so we know that we were all together in the the safe cohort through CoAbe. Um, but I'm I'm interested in kind of what got you involved in advocacy from both of you. Kind of what prompted you to send in that application? If you were anything like me, <laughs> you sent it in and thought, "Oh, there's no way." <laughs> there's Did you no two know way. each other before safe or? Well, we had met uh, maybe 15 years ago when I first started. And then all of a sudden, and then I said, I know that name, Jackie Aguilar. And then she said, oh, Audrey, we work together. You know, when we trained, we did training back in 2005, uh, 2005 or 2009, somewhere in there. But it's been over 10 years. And she looks oh, the same. Wow. <laughs> full, full circle. Um, yeah. You know. And the thing is with, with advocacy, like so many other people, you shy away from it because you think, all right, I don't want to cross the line. I know we're not, you know, if you're, if you're directly in the field, we're not supposed to lobby and you know how I don't want to get in trouble. And, you know, it, it becomes like a dance of your spirit wants to, but you're not sure what all the rules are. You're not sure what to say. And when, in my case, I had so much passion but I had very little statistics and data and that formal way of taking what in essence is, is a big rah, rah, rah and bring it down to someone's level that goes, okay, I'm excited. And wow, is that statistic true? 
I didn't know that. Is that what's happening? Is that what our dollars go towards? And how much money did you say that was? You know, these are the things that add to your passion to make it a case. And there's a big difference. And that was something that I was determined to learn when I was interviewed uh, by Sharon for the program. It was like, look, I can shout off the rooftops, but I want to be able to do it where people will actually listen and not just walk by and think I'm the crazy person on the rooftop. Uh, so that was my motivation, you know, and I said, hey, if they take me, I'm going to get everything I can out mm -hmm. of it because I, I want to optimize my game. I, I want right. to be listened to. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And again, too, um, uh, like Jackie was saying when I did interview, but my aha moment came. Uh, it was over the Christmas break, and I was walking along the seawall, the beach, and I just kept hearing this voice saying that you have a voice, and my students, uh, that is louder than my students. And it said, if not you, then who? Who's going to do it? And I said I had kept going over the email over and over again. And I was thinking, just as Jackie said, I'm not an advocate. I can't do this. I probably won't make it. And then after I heard that voice, so that I said, do it. And I put it in mm -hmm. and uh, and looked what happened. And I mm -hmm. had other doubters, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I shared it. No, you'll never be a national advocate. You know, you're just a teacher. You're just this. And you won't do it. And then I came in, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am over my head. But I knew that my ESL students, their voice, the person from Salvador or, you know, from uh, Turkey, they just couldn't speak that language, but I could. And so mm -hmm. I found from within to say, yes, I can do this. And uh, it's been my inspiration the whole time, too. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree as a former adult ed student. Uh, I had a voice and I was pretty adamant to raise my voice and speak up whenever needed, but I needed help. I needed someone louder to help me with that. And that was actually one of my reasons when I applied for the safe position. And I, I loved and enjoyed all the experience that um, I received from Koei. Yes. Um, you two presented at the Coeb conference. Erin um, and I <laughs> uh, had the pleasure of attending the session mm -hmm. you both um, presented. And your whole presentation was about elevator speech. And we loved it. But for people who didn't get the opportunity to be there and um, be in your session, how do you define elevator speech and how do you prepare for it question when you get the the vision of the elevator you know course to build up and i think that's one thing that i really enjoyed working with audrey on this because i'm the balloon and i float all over the place but without an anchor uh, I, I can end up who knows where. And, and I really have to tip my hat to Audrey because, you know, there's something about us evangelistic types. We'll be like everywhere all over the place, but we need, we need the ground, you know, to kind of, okay, focus. Uh, and so when, when Audrey and I started talking about uh, uh, this situation and, and how we were going to present advocacy, you know, we, we looked at it a lot of as what we 
have familiar, which is, you know, in business class and, and things of presenting yourself when you're getting those soft skills. You know, you talk about your elevator pitch. What can you say in, in 30 seconds in, in a minute that actually catches someone's attention? And uh, in looking at this and, and getting people comfortable with the whole feel is, okay, what can you do in a minute or less that has your biggest confidence and you put it out there that makes someone say, I want to know more. And, and I think that's really what helped guide us uh, down that pathway. Now, Audrey came up with this amazing outline uh, that, that she submitted and is part of, of this whole presentation that helps you actually fill in that information. And uh, I, I really thank her for that, because again, that's that guiding tool. And you shared that handout in the, the conference platform too, right? So anyone who was registered can get in there and, and pull those handouts and reference them. And I love what you noted about getting someone's attention in 30 seconds, um, because I was in a training and, and I was told, and I trust them, that when you can see somebody's face, you have 20 seconds to get their attention and to get that most important information out there. If you cannot see the person, you have seven seconds. <laughs> and I thought, wow, right? Like you you have to be prepared. <laughs> and let me tell you my first few legislative visits, I was not adequately prepared. <laughs> so I certainly took notes on your presentation. Wow, thank you. <laughs> so uh, Audrey, how did you, um, kind of according to your, your outline, like how, how do you prepare for that elevator pitch? Well, as Jackie said, and I do training in adult ed and for the college also with allied health. So I do professional skills training and it's part of, we're part of Texas workforce. And so the idea is for the students to get out into the workforce. And so it's really applicable there. And the students are all hesitant also, but we know that they only, just as you said, that you just can't bring your resume and start reading it when you're all talking to someone. You have to know a little bit about yourself. And so that's kind of the premise that I went on. So after having them to do their resume, know a little bit about themselves, now let's go ahead and just put it into this platform. Just pick out some of those things, what we're passionate about, what, you know, what our soft skills are, what our traits are that are great that we want employers to know. And I use that same preface. Uh, uh, that same premise to find out what would the educa uh, the legislation uh, leaders need to know, what would my directors need to know, what would anyone need to know uh, as I spoke to them about adult ed. And so I've had opportunities to speak with friends that are you know not familiar with adult ed. And so I just start using some of those things, telling them about myself and what adult ed does and then where, what impact it's had on my life. And so from that and using the, uh, the same thing from the work for, uh, workforce and then just putting it together and uh, those two kind of synced in together. So it worked. It was a good fit. And so yeah. it worked well. But you kind of have to know yourself first mm -hmm. and then what your strengths and weaknesses are. And then from knowing your strengths and weaknesses, then you can go ahead and pull on that and you're able to talk more if you know your strengths and so i'm saying don't focus on your weakness just talk about what you're strong in and then as you do it more and more it becomes easier and um aaron just like you 
I fumbled and um, when I met the uh, legislature last year uh, uh, and the uh, representatives, I mean, I was just mumbling, but I had my business card and I knew what to do. And so I just shoved it sad and said, if you need any more information, contact me. And they were still happy to have it. So I think it's just saying your name, putting something out there will get that attention. So they don't care if you stumble or, but it's just, they want to know that you're passionate about something and where, what direction you're going in. And, you know, the, the big thing on, on that piece that connects it all is you're talking about an elevator pitch that's connected to the educate and elevate resource for CoWave. And, you know, again, you're not having to go out and invent your own statistics, your own plan, uh, even, you know, come up and create uh, your own different ideas. All the tools are there. We have the media toolkit. We have uh, the legislation toolkit. We have the means to uh, advocate using our phones, using email blasts. And again, these are incredible tools and, and going off of that whole idea to lift and really focusing on, and, and I think Audrey hit a very important point, know yourself. A lot of times we're looking at all these resources and all these statistics and going, how am I supposed to remember all this and what, you know? And it's like the one thing, find one thing that resonates with you, one thing that you're super passionate about. And soon you'll have two or three. With me, it was the investment cost. To look at Texas, the state of Texas, great state of Texas, huge state, 726 whopping dollars per adult student of federal funding. And that's if you're in the federal funding stream. We're not even talking about the non-federal funded programs who have to struggle for independent funding, whatever they can get per learner. And we know good and well that it takes a lot more than $726 to educate an adult to help them take care of their family or get workforce skills. And, and that right there becomes a, a shocker. And then, of course, to compare it with uh, in Houston, uh, we did uh, the research through our office with the Houston's Adult Literacy Blueprint and the drill down here uh, for Harris County looking at uh, PAC studies and, and put all these together is one in three Houstonians, major Houston, you know, urban city, one in three are functionally illiterate. One out of wow. three people. So, you know, when you are able to go, wow, okay, why am I here? Why don't I want to talk to you? Well, one in three people in Houston are functionally illiterate. Do you even know what that means? And it's not just reading and writing. Then you've got a hook. Yes. So you kind of, um, Audrey, you mentioned some important things to bring to elevator pitch and Jackie, you mentioned some data to have those data ready and um, and Quay resources also help with finding the data that we need. But what are the other important things that we need to include in this um, elevator pitch that we can just uh, use in 20 seconds or seven seconds that we have someone's attention? Well, you know, absolutely. Numbers are great, but numbers are nothing without people and people become nothing without numbers. So you have to combine them. You have to put them together. So having those stories, you know, Audrey mentions that, you know, our learners, of course, who are we here for? We're here for the people we serve. So when you can tell the stories, when you can give the examples, uh, when you can share the impact uh, that, you know, uh, 
Texas Capital Bank uh, invested uh, $10,000 in a program in Third Ward. As a result, there were 18 additional GED graduates. Uh, half of those were employed. Uh, the other half are, are job seekers now, but they are job seeking with the empowerment of a high school equivalency certificate. Right. You know, these are the outcomes. And, and that's really, you know, the constituents. And when you're talking to legislators too, they're voted in. True. So when we're talking about our learners who are becoming citizens, who are starting to become participating, contributing members of society, that also means voting power. That's and true. when we talk on those levels, people's ears tend to perk up. That's true. Yeah. What do you think, Audrey? I'm, uh, and the way I put it together, the first thing you are going to do is introduce yourself. And then, uh, and as Jackie said, you know, the uh, I find that when we talk to the people that we vote for, the, uh, the representatives in our area, they're tending more to listen because they will get our vote. And so when you focus on that and then you tell them what you do and where you're located, that perks up their ears too. And they said, oh, and as you said, you're part of this, our community here, then they're willing to listen. So if you give them that little background, tell them where you're from, what you want to do, and then what can they do for you? And then when you talk about, and as Jackie said, my, um, my uh, mission is the education part and that adult education bridges that uh, educational gap. And so I focus a lot on that. And then again, too, I focus a lot on literacy because I, you know, as those numbers said about how many illiterate uh, students, uh, you know, people are in the area. And it's not just for, you know, the young, but it's for the older also. And then sometimes uh, I do share my story of, you know, how I do have people in my family that are of low literacy levels or non-literate. And so that kind of perks up their ears of what is done. And then how, because of the program, how we've been able to move from poverty to uh, to become self-sustaining adults and be a part of the economic growth. And so I always kind of include some stories about how it impacts me or maybe about my students and share what's going on. And then we can move from there. Wonderful. So that this is all very, very helpful, kind of breaking it down because Looking at all of those educate and elevate resources, there's so much data, right? And and Jackie, I heard you say what you focus on. Audrey, I heard you say that you focus on something slightly different based on your passion, your expertise. And I think that's something really important to keep in mind is we don't have to advocate every single thing. In fact, it's very counterintuitive to try to do that. Um, earlier on, you both had mentioned kind of making sure you're saying things that legislators want to hear. And we advocate to quite a variety of, of different viewpoints and backgrounds. So how do you determine what to emphasize? You know, like how, how do you find that out? What research do you do? What, what have you found to be kind of successful for you? I know one of the one of the key things is to go look at the committees that legislators have served, uh, the different bills that they back, uh, the different initiatives that they have been involved with, 
And, you know, looking at their pages, even just reading their biography, you know, information about what they care about, what they say they care about, and latch on to some key words and key terms. Uh, there are a, a number of legislators here who have very different ideas about what adult education is, what education is for the state. And yet it is possible to speak with them, uh, to get in uh, an invitation to at least speak with their representatives. Uh, and I, I, you know, I've, I've given this example before and it, it was so meaningful because it was the last person I thought I would get to speak with in any way, which was Senator Ted Cruz. And I happened to be uh, invited on a DC fly-in. And I'll tell you this about advocacy. Get involved with your networks who belong to things like uh, the Greater Houston Partnership or the very large types of groups across the city, because there are a lot of meetings that go on that you might not have access to, but they do as members. And if you can get invited to some of these things, if they have an open forum, that is an excellent place to try and raise questions. Uh, at the time with this forum, with uh, this DC fly-in with Senator Cruz, I was able to ask a question based on his support of the school choice legislation. He is a big believer in choosing and having parents having rights to education choices. So again, I was able to play on that and at least get his attention, which was uh, leading to an invitation so that I got to talk to the director. Now, I gave information, we shared information. You know, again, you have no control over where it's going because you're not a lobbyist. All you're doing is informing and educating. And I think that's one of the key things to let go of is anytime you're speaking with a legislator, remember, you're not there to tell them how to vote, what to do. You're there to do what you do any other time, which for most of us is teach, to share a golden nugget of, of an education source for them to think That's or go, oh, I never heard of that before. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's, <laughs> that's exactly it. Yes, raising awareness, teaching the community and public about what we do and how we contribute to the community. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to add one thing with that. Last uh, summer, Jack and I did a, a state conference and we did something very similar. And one activity that we had the uh, participants to do when we had directors, teachers, we had uh, a gamut, it was all different. And, and some were newbies and some were uh, professionals with uh, advocacy. And so we had them to go onto our state website and they used keywords to put in there, um, you know, whether they put literacy or school of choice or whatever that was in there. And then the legislature, you know, those words would lead them to the right person too. So that was another way to do that, identify uh, what they want and uh, some of the needs there. So you can do that. So it's, uh, those websites really are very helpful in there uh, because it's public information and other uh, things are in there. So you can go back to past tweets or past, uh, podcast or past uh, uh, social media to find out what their strengths, uh, what they support and what they do address and talk about, talk to. That's great advice. And I, I love the, the advice to think of it as, as what we, what we do, right? We're, we're teaching. And what I hear a lot of pushback from, from teachers when I encourage them to use their voices, oh, I'm, I'm not political, right? I, I don't want to get mixed up in politics. And it's it really 
isn't related to politics at all. It's just talking about what we do, talking about our successes and hoping that that percolates up into some real change. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, it, it's investment value, you know, and, and it's the same thing. We do that with our communities. We do that with different uh, things that we're involved in. If we believed in them and we want buy-in and that's what it is. And it's even if someone does not do anything at all, they had that 30 seconds, three minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you were able to get, where now they cannot say that they've never heard of, or they never knew that, or maybe they might still say it, but you know, in the back of their mind, they know better, you know, and, and you had your opportunity and, and it goes down to, you know, this is nothing new, but if not us, then who? You know, and, and again, it just like with voting, you know, if you don't vote, don't complain. If you're not going to help be a voice, don't complain about our situation because we need the voices. And that voice can be something as little as, as a, a tweet or a post. It could be showing up at a town hall like I tend to do. And, and I just wait for the day when someone goes, who invited you? Uh, <laughs> I'll do it um, because it's an op it's an opportunity and and you know just uh, like recently with uh, Senator uh, Carol Alvarado, uh, same situation where it was like um, I I want to ask about supporting adult ed, but I asked it in a way that how can I help you mm. be a point adult education? And when I shared that one in three, I mean she was like I have never heard that. And she spoke with me afterwards and she said, I have been advocating for education my entire career and I need you to tell me more. Get back oh, with wow. me because I want to know how I can help. So notice it's a little different than saying, hey, will you help us versus mm -hmm. how can I help you? And and I think that approach is, is really successful, at least what I have found with, with some of the yeah. people that I've been with. That is wonderful. Thank you both so much for these, as you called them, golden nuggets of, <laughs> of advice. And um, I know it's going to get some people feeling more comfortable about getting out there and, and chatting. And um, you were both kind enough to connect us with a student from Texas as well. Um, who has been highly, yes, who has been highly <laughs> successful. Um, so let's take a short break and then Jackie and Audrey, you are going to join Sarah and I and the amazing Olivia Quintanilla as we talk about her experiences in adult education. Fantastic. You've been listening to Advocates. The Adult Education Podcast. Your hosts have been Aaron Robonic and Sarah Hagigi. This podcast is sponsored by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education. And I'm your producer, Jeffrey Abramowitz. You can listen to this episode on Coed's YouTube channel or at www.coed.org. Hi, Olivia. Welcome to Advocast. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Olivia, we hear a lot about you and we've heard that you have a strong voice. Uh, how about if you just start by telling us about yourself? 
and how you got involved in adult education? So my story is fairly long. Um, I did um, actually become a mother at a young age. I had to drop out of high school. Um, so I, you know, just kind of as a mother would, just cared for their children, you know, and try to uh, give, you know, their children as much as they could for themselves. Um, and moving on forward, I decided to start to think, think about myself and my education and, and where I was going because I can't uh, push my kids to do something that I'm not going to do for myself. Um, so that's when I actually uh, pursued to uh, get my GED. And it did take me a long time, let's say about 10, 10 plus years. <laughs> but I, it, again, it was, I wanted to make sure my children were, you know, just aware of what um, is actually, you know, going to go on in my, in, my, um, in my situation as far as being a parent and a, uh, a role model. Um, so yes, I did receive my, uh, my GED um, in 2016, I believe. And um, after that, I was uh, hired on into adult education here at the Adult Education Center, uh, where I am now an educator coordinator. And um, wow. so yeah, I'm just learning the transition from being a student to um, the experience and now advocating for adult ed is extremely a blessing. I feel that I'm making a change as far as sharing my story and letting others know that um, they're not alone out there. There's a lot of individuals that are afraid to step up and, and embarrassed. I was embarrassed to share my story. And now having the opportunity, I see these life, it is a life-changing experience. Um, education in general is. I come from a background with um, parents who are illiterate. They have, you know, minimum education themselves. And I believe that education is based at, it starts at, at home. It starts at the root where the parents are. And that's where you try to, as a parent, you try to do the best you can for your children, but without certain educational skills or knowledge or being able to read a a certain paper that comes home from a teacher or trying to join the PTA, just in general, it's just, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking to see um, these individuals with the struggles and barriers that they have to go through um, and, and just not, not even aware or don't even acknowledge it themselves. So, um, but yes, it's, it's, it's always been, um, and a blessing um, to be able to come from a Latino background to where a lot of my family were limited to education or, you know, just trying to um, follow their dreams and goals. Um, education has a bit big impact on that. And I just feel that I'm very blessed that um, I was given that opportunity to find uh, the Adult Education Center to walk through those doors and acknowledge my barriers and continue to walk through it, uh, receive my associate's degree in um, social 
on behavioral science, and now I'm on to my bachelor's in business management. That is incredible, yeah. Olivia. Yeah, and that just sums up a little bit. I, I, believe me, it's a long story. Oh, I, I, so I, I'm really moved by the, by the fact that you, you know, you took that huge step of walking through those doors, and now you walk through those doors every single day, but to go to work. Uh, exactly. And I, you know, as a a teacher, someone who works in the field who has not had the experience of, of being a, an adult education student, I try to bring that voice into my classroom because just the look on my students' faces when they connect with somebody like you who has had that success, who has been in the same shoes that they have, and they can, you know, it, it's like a mirror, like a mirror to the future. They can see their potential in ways that they couldn't before. So thank you so much for sharing that because I know we're gonna have students listen to this and they're gonna maybe for the first time see that potential in themselves. And, you know, we had uh, news coverage uh, during, you know, my safe tenure and they did a, a filming here and focusing on adult education in Houston and the connection between family literacy and adult literacy. And it was a wonderful story. And Olivia was part of that story. And I, you know, really want to thank her because she's very humble and she would have never brought that up. But she, uh, to to the entire nation, uh, shared her story because she's she's that passionate. And I tell you guys, when you're when you're talking about advocacy and you're thinking about, oh, you know, well, well, I can't, I don't want to get into politics. You look at at a face like Olivia's and you realize this is not about politics. This is about people. It's about equitable rights to education and opportunity. And that is not a political cause. That is just a right to have a quality life for yourself and your family. And it's something that when you think about uh, advocacy, you know, think about equity and, and access and, and see people like Olivia, it, it makes a big difference. That is so true. That is so true. Your story, Olivia, will help a lot of different people, not only students, but adult ed programs because they can use your story as an example to advocate for all um, adult ed students. And, all people who are involved in in the work of adult education. And thank you so much for sharing your story. And you mentioned that it took you some some time to finish and get your GED. And this is very normal. People don't um, think, people who haven't gone through the whole process of um, getting their GED, they may think, oh, you just go through the program and very quickly you will get your GED, but in reality, is that no, life is difficult and people go through some difficulties that they have to find ways to be able to study and take one test at a time and get ready for GED and pass all those tests and be able to graduate. Um, so what is something that helped you to become successful? And this is something, some, some type of advice that you're giving to someone who wants um, to join a GED program or some some type of advice for someone who started, but they are struggling. They really don't want to drop out, but they are really struggling. What is something that helped you to be successful? So I would say 
and I say this to um, some of the students that I come across and I tell them the, the hardest step is to acknowledge, is to walk through those doors as I did, make that call, just asking for help. That's the hardest step because once you accomplish that, you're acknowledging that you need that help. You're acknowledging that you are, are seeking that education, that you are wanting to make a better person out of your, not just yourself, you know, prove to, to me, like I mentioned, I, I didn't just prove to my family, my children, I'm, if you're proving to yourself. And I think that self-care has always been something that we lack. A lot of us lack self-care, whether it be giving us that time, that breather, you know, taking that time before you walk in that door to, uh, you know, take care of your children or, um, I, I mean, it, it could be anything of that sort, but just acknowledge, acknowledge, making that acknowledgement that you have a barrier, that you have that obstacle that you want to accomplish for yourself. That is a very good point because a lot of people, when they hear self-care, they may think of pampering, but mm -hmm. sometimes right. self-care is to improve your personal life, mm -hmm. um, improve the quality of life for your children and whoever lives with you. That is a great point. Yeah. 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 And I do say that the, the breather before is usually what I do when I get home. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this on, turn in a roll from, you know, getting out of your whatever night five nine eight job and then you're, you're you're on your way home to take care of your family and i say that's what i do i usually just sit in my car and just say okay you know round two let's go we're gonna bring it you know let's let's get this started but um I, I, that's that's just how i usually i usually explain it because a lot of a lot of these stories that come through and and I, I of course being the experience through the experience myself it's a little bit easier for me to understand what they're saying and what they're trying to say, you know, and then, you know, I tell them, you know, come on, you know, you can't give up. You, you know, this is everybody's different with the self-paced program We're, you know, we're trying whatever your needs are, we're here. We have the resources. Um, you know, education is a very important key in life. Um, it, it's like, I, I always say it's life changing. It, it's something that you, you, and you're actually, there's no age limit. There's, you can, we have people, an individual actually that called, he said, I'm 56 years old. And he's thinking, you know, I think I'm too old to receive my GED. And I said, sir, there is no age limit on education. You can receive your GED. You can go on to college if you like. You can do whatever you want to do. And he says, I said, well, what is the main reason why you're calling me today? And he said, I said, what made you make this phone call? And he said, I want to do it for myself. And I said, there you go. You answered your own question. You see, this is what you want to do for yourself. I said, so you're going to come on in. I said, my name's Olivia. I'll be more than happy to help you. And I will be there every step of the way, whatever you're needing. You know, and if you feel that doubt in your mind, believe me, give me a call. And I'll reassure you that this, you know, this is something that you're doing for yourself, not for anyone else. Wow. It's just, that was a story that I was like, oh, wow, like this is fantastic. 
you have, you just have that presence, Olivia, where I know you are, you are changing lives uh, daily. <laughs> and that story is a great, a great example of it. And I, again, want to go back to the fact that you have experience both on the student side and now in, in the coordinator side of it. And so I think you can offer some really valuable and unique insight. Um, and so I'd like to ask, what's something that you would actually like to see change in adult education? So the awareness, I believe, is something that a, not, a lot of people acknowledge um, that education is a factor of, in life. And I don't think that there is that lack of awareness. And I think it's just that with the advocates that we have, or as advocates ourselves, you know, trying to make those connections, see where those roots are, you know, network, try to, like Jackie mentioned, just try to get into that one interview or that one, you know, luncheon or, and just let your voice be heard of what adult ed is about and how it's, I mean, cause it's not, it's not, it's a take since it's been taken very lightly. And I feel like it's, it's sometimes overlooked, you know, and I, it's, it's hard and you, it's hard to stress, like, just want to shake somebody and say, you know, this is, this is, it's, this is important. Education is important. And, and there is no, like, I mean, I can't stress it enough. Age, age is not, there's no, there's not a limit on education. You just need to focus and see what, you know, what exactly our community is needing. I mean, like that's, that's, and it, it just, it just, just gets me riled up, you know, and I, and I feel like, you know, you're just like, just want to throw something across the room, but, but, I, but it's just the awareness. I believe the awareness is just something that, um, I feel is lacked. It's not, it's not, um, and I, you just, you feel like I, and I do when I, when I do my host spew, when I'm speaking to somebody and I said, man, I feel like I rehearsed this like 20 million, you know, like I've said this like 20 million times today, but you know what? I'll say it 20 million and whatever, you know, I'll say it on and on and on until it gets through, you know, this individual's head. Oh, okay. You know, and these connections, and, and if you bother them and along, you know, good enough time, then they'll be like, you know what? Let me give you some time. Let me know what you're, you know, what you're, what you're actually trying to tell me. And that's kind of, you know, how we usually do it, you know, so it's just, I, that's how I feel needs, well, that's what I need. I think that needs to be actually um, a little bit more focused on is the awareness of adult education. Mm -hmm. yeah, and education in yeah. And that's, that's advocacy, right? That is, that is at the heart of it. It is. I was just going to pick up my pad and throw it across, but I was like, no. <laughs> no, I, I love your, I saw you getting, getting riled up. I mean, the shaking, the right. throwing. Right. <laughs> that's it's why just... we, that's why we record this virtually. So that we're, <laughs> we're safe. <laughs> right. Right. No, so but, um... I, 
I, I love how everybody, I mean, I can sense this passion from, you know, from you, Olivia, from, from Audrey, from Jackie. And I, you know, I know Sarah and I, we feel that way as well. And so I, we like to give everybody like a, a chance at the end of an episode to just share a final thought with listeners and our listeners might be adult education professionals. They might be outside the field. They may be students. So please focus on whatever member of the audience um, that you'd like. But I'd like us to go around. And if you could just take 30 seconds, one minute to just give some final thoughts to our listeners as we wrap up. And I'll start with Audrey. Okay. Yeah. Yay, Olivia. That was so good. That was so good. Thank you. And um, and picking up from what she said, it doesn't matter how young or how old you are, you can always advocate for adult ed. And it's just, um, um, you find your passion. And the thing is that um, sometimes we are afraid, as she had said, to go out and speak up, that we don't have the resources. But know that there are so many out there and COAVE has a plethora of, <laughs> of uh, information for us to use. So when you just need something to fill in or put in there to get you started, you can do that. So it's for the young and it's for the old, it's for the new teachers. And that's what we heard so much in uh, Seattle, that I'm new to this. I'm just a teacher. Yeah, we all started that way, but you have a voice and you can do it. And we're here to help and somebody will help you with it. So it's just opening up your mouth and getting out there and speak because you can do it. So um, if you're a new teacher coming in at 18 or 21 or a teacher's assistant, and if you're older and you've been in the field for 40 years, um, you can still do it. So I just encourage everyone, no matter where you are, what you're doing, to go ahead and just be that uh, voice for those who cannot speak up for themselves because it is very rewarding and I think you'll get just good uh, endorphins or all these brain things will come in that you'll really like. I mean, you'll be proud of yourself and do a lot of self-care. Thank you. Thank you. Jackie, you want to take it next? Sure. Uh, I'll say this. When you get a brand new gidget, widget, whatever it is, what's the first thing that you do? Well, you don't usually keep it to yourself. You don't usually hide it. You don't usually say, well, well, golly, I really don't know if I can talk about this gadget or widget. No, we're usually on TikTok. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're doing Instagram shots. We're shouting off the top of the world. Look at my new widget gadget. I stood in line for 10 hours at the at the, you know, fruit store and uh, I got this widget gadget. And hey, now, if you can do that for a widget gadget. Why can't you do something that really makes an impact on people, your community, no matter where you are in the ecosystem? And if you're interested in literacy ecosystems, give a look at the Houston Adult Literacy Blueprint. I'll give you two pages, page 19 and page 63. Now you have homework. There are two graphics on there. Those two graphics will take you a long way to understanding where you get your message and how to make it make sense. And don't be afraid to talk about adult education. Thank you. And to our special guest of the hour, Olivia. How am I going to top that? Jackie, really? <laughs> You're supposed to be, I, I'm your opening act. <laughs> I'm like, 
wait, what? <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay. Um, well, with, with bouncing off of Jackie, um, my message would be more towards um, the students out there or the individuals or the people that are not sure what they should do if, you know, if I should make that phone call or if I should, you know, um, just keep on going with my life, you know, the way, the way it is now. Um, as far as educational wise, I always push my children to the limit and I tell them, you know, you have to keep going. You have to, you know, I want you, I want this, you know, I want you to graduate and thank the Lord. They, they all graduated, you know, and, um, I did mention to them, I said, what, what, what really, you know, expi inspired you and the, ins the inspiration that they had mentioned was me. So you are that inspiration. You are, you will be that inspiration. If not to any of your family, it would be to your, for yourself. And I feel every day with the support that I was given from my family, especially my children, uh, you know, they, were so excited for me and they were, you know, I, till this day, I still talk to my, my son and I'm like, we compare GPAs and all this, you know, he's like, oh, you know, so he, I'm, I'm, we're both competitive people. So I'm just right there with him head to head. And I feel like you have to be very, just, just, again, I want to go back to the self-care, like you said, the pampering and, and but the self-care would be for your education and moving on forward and trying to empower and and help others be there and, and help others with education in general. Um, I mean, as a student, I've, I I can honestly speak from different, you know, from both from both lives and both experiences or whatnot. And I know that if you if you just keep on going and don't give up you it's it's going to it's going to be a blessing in life and and you're going to thank that teacher that instructor that motivator and it's just going to be something that's going to be life changing and, and i and like yeah. I, I mentioned life changing is 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 it's so true Thank you. That is so true. Thank you so much. So we've we've heard that we our advocacy helps um, communities. <laughs> it helps students, right? Go take adult ed classes. It helps your family. It helps yourself. I mean, Sarah, do you think any listener has an excuse now not to get out there and advocate? I don't think so. <laughs> and we will provide them with all the resources. And the first resource is to use the three click. They just need to go and um, use the three click system that we have on Quave's website. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and of course, follow Coabe on social media. You'll get connected to all of these wonderful people here on the podcast. So you can follow them, see the amazing resources that they share. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today on Coab's Adult Ed Advocast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Lots of ESL love, adult ed love. Thank you. Great job. Yes. You've been listening to Advocast, the Adult Education Podcast. Your hosts have been Aaron Robonik and Sarah Hagigi. 
This podcast is sponsored by the Coalition on Adult-Based Education. Now I'm your producer, Jeffrey Abramowitz. You can listen to this episode on the YouTube channel or at www.coa.org.